If you believe all you hear and read, Jake King should have had a starring role in Underbelly instead of running around as a bit player for Richmond in the AFL. Why do you think you attracted so much attention, so much notoriety, Jake? Well, I, I think because I didn't talk, Mike. It's because I didn't have social media. Um, I was a very private person. I, I think being drafted at the age of 23, having the whole unknown prior to um, coming into the football world, I think, I think that played a big part of it. And I guess that I just I wasn't one to talk about a lot of situations and a lot of things that happened. Not many blokes who have played, what, 107 games have your fame, fame, notoriety, whatever we want to call it, do they? I guess it's, it's been a bit overwhelming. I can, I can say that much. It has, it has been a journey that if I could relive, I'd do it over and over again. I, uh, I don't regret any of it that I've, that's happened and I've loved every moment of it. Met some lovely people along the way, some good friends. and You've, it's, you've loved every moment of it, have you? I, I have. Even when I've, you've been in the paper for your association with colourful identities... Uh, and when you seem, I think in some ways, you probably feel that you've been victimised because of who you know rather than who you are. You've loved yep. it, all those moments? I sleep well at night. I, I have no problems with anything that I've done in my life um, to date. And the sad part is my, um, my family and friends have to read it. And I guess that the reason I don't stand up and defend myself is because I've got so many people who actually love me out there. They defend me. They do mm. all the defending for me, Mike. You, They're you, the ones that stick up for me and, and that's why I love them to death and that's why I always stand beside them. You are popular. I mean, there's no doubt about that. You're, that, that cult hero status that you have at Richmond. But I think people do like you and they see the heart and they see this rough diamond. But you do have some mates that get you into trouble, don't they? Get you into no. trouble in, term, in terms of your public persona. No. No. Toby Can, Mitchell doesn't. What's, what's, what's your understanding of trouble? Well, you're linked with Toby Mitchell and, and he's a notorious figure in this city. You agree yep. with that? Yep, he's a good friend of mine. He's a good friend of yours. But it seems to me sometimes that you almost flaunt it, that you like, no. you, that you like to say to people, Toby's my mate, he's been my mate for life, I don't care I... what he does or what you say, he's my mate. I think that's what you're saying, Mike. I think that's what everyone else says and that's why I don't care what people's opinions are because, to me, he's my mate. My family and friends are who they are. I, I've grown up in a world where I, I have beliefs and my morals are that if someone helps you out in life and someone is there for you, you never turn your back, no matter through what times and how hard life can be. You always stick by your family and friends and, and that's something I, I will always live by. And the truth to the matter is, Mike, that I haven't done anything wrong. I, I haven't misbehaved. And, and if people say trouble, I'd like to understand what trouble is. If, if people... If being on the front page of the paper because I have family and friends is trouble, well, I'm going to be on the front page of the paper every day okay. because... I, I think my biggest strength is that I care. My biggest weakness is I care too, mm. too much. But in saying that, no, one, no one's done things wrong. I, I love the people who I, who I hang around and people who I care about and, and I hang around them for a reason. OK, I, I accept that, that Toby is a, is a long-time mate of yours and, and, and you, like, you obviously like loving, whatever it is. But, but what about when your footy club says... Don't bring him down to the to the football club. Don't bring him into the rooms. Don't make an exhibition of it. 
and you ignore that. Was no, it, was no, that... no. I don't think that happened at all. Did, did you not take him into the rooms against the club's express I... wishes? No. No. So, not at all. I, I took um, Toby down into the rooms and then it was a week later or two weeks later, it might have even been three weeks later, where someone made note of it and then stories got written about it. I never got told not to take any of my family and friends into the rooms. That, okay. that wasn't spoken about. So, another reason why people's opinions don't really bother me that much because the facts are what they are. So, have I done anything wrong? No, I didn't. Okay. Did I go against the club? No. Okay. I, I won't hopefully labour the point too much mm. about Toby, but what is it? What's the attraction with Mitchell and King? What makes you so such good buddies? You tell me. What the attraction is? Like, I, I have friends. I have family. I I have people close to me, and that's that's life. We all have friends, Mike. We all have family. So. What's the problem in that? Do you pick your family? I didn't pick the family, no. 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 So, but he's any, not any family friend? for you. He's no. a friend of yours. He's part, no, I class my friends as family. Okay. So, and that's that's how I believe in life. So, if if you're close to me, I'll treat you like you're a family okay. member. So that's that. It is what it is. You you become friends with people. You become, gain a trust with someone. You have respect. You you end up yeah sharing moments together that you you will cherish for the rest of your life and. That's not a problem. Does it irritate you that I'm pushing this? No. No? Because you find it intriguing because I think most people don't understand it and the people who don't understand it, and no offence, a lot of times it comes from people who have had things given to them on a silver platter mm -hmm. um, and not had to work for it. When you have to work your ass off for something, Mike, and you have to work so hard when people doubt you and they do it without providing help, my friends provided help. My family provided help. They're the ones I lent on for guidance and support. So, for me, it's pretty simple. Okay. You're in business with Toby now, are you not? Yep. Got in a tattoo shop yep. just around the corner. Yep. Steve Inc. Yep. Well, again, look, I'm owning up to these things, mm. these views that I have, and a lot of them out of ignorance. But tattoo to me almost spells trouble. Now, that's an old-fashioned attitude now, isn't it? Because yep. so many young people have ink. Yep. What's the attraction to you? To tattoos, yeah. I, I like, it's art. I like it. it I, I think it looks good. So it's it's my my question is why do you get your hair cut like that? Why do people? <laughs> I ask myself that question. Why do people dye their hair? So they like it. It looks good. So it's it's something that it's been around for years. It's been around for longer than your parents were around. So. It's, it's just perception and it's narrow-minded that people think that. Has the association hurt you, do you think, mm. uh, professionally in terms of your yeah. football and, and privately? No. No? No. So professionally, I, I played 107 games. So professionally, I got the best out of myself and it was an injury that caused me yes. to stop playing football. It had nothing to do with who my friends or anything were that had no impact on on why football stopped and my career stopped. Okay. You're an intriguing character, though, aren't you? I, I asked you when we talked about coming on the show, yep. had you ever been in trouble with the law? Yep. You said to me, never been handcuffed, never been charged, never been convicted. Yep. But that, would, that it did surprise me. I mean, and that's, that's stereotyping people. I understand that. But I was surprised at that. Yeah, well... I... Like I said, Mike, I've never been handcuffed for the wrong reasons. So <laughs> there's only been a couple of them, but that's completely different. But 
No, I... Mate, I haven't. Uh, that's the thing. People who know me most will knock on my door and ask for help. People who know me and close enough to me know that I have not bad intentions. Everything I do is trying to do it for the greater good. And, and I think that's what intrigues people the most, is perception is one thing, reality is another. So yep. it, I guess it's, it's just life. I, I can't control what people perceive. But in saying that, I can control my life and my journey, and, and which to this date I had, and oh, I'm pretty proud of it. You were 23 before you got your opportunity. Richmond uh, rookie list you yes. at 23 years of age. Did you think there was anything in your life to that point that was holding people back from taking a risk on you? Um, I, I don't think so. I... I got injured a couple of times, under-18s, football. Um, I remember Keith Burns was a coach at the time. and Northern Knights? Yeah, Northern yep. Knights. And I, I give it my all and there was injuries that held me back. It got to a point where I was 19 or 20 and, and my focus wasn't football. I had a, a brother who was um, a better footballer than I and I thought he would have had the opportunity. I... I think I even gave up football at that stage and focused on plumbing because I was a qualified plumber by the time I was 20. And um, I remember my goals had actually ch um, changed from 18 years of age to 19. I didn't, think, I didn't get drafted. I didn't think I was going to get drafted. So my goal was now to run a plumbing business and buy my first house at the age of 23. So I was pretty driven at, at um, a young age and, and it was the way I grew up and the way that we had to be. So I don't think that... I don't think things actually held me back apart from the fact that I probably wasn't mature enough to take that next step, but I just didn't give up. So you're making... Well, plumbers are the richest blokes in society these days. You're making good quid at 23. Yep. It cost you money to play league football, didn't it? It did cost me money, Mike. I actually took a significant pay cut to like. go. For, so I was earning close to close to probably a hundred as a plumber. As a plumber, yep. So working for a, a good friend of mine um, at F Wooden Son, I did my whole time there, and then I got the phone call and got drafted, and I think I, I went to about a thirty-two thousand dollar <laughs> paycheck for the year. So it was. It was a bit difficult. The, the goal of buying the house um, stretched out, so I wasn't able to do it at 23. I was lucky enough I was able to do it at 24, mm. but it just made me work a lot harder for what I had to do. You talk about... You mentioned before about the footy and the focus and where your yep. direction was. Those of us who have watched you play love your enthusiasm for the game. I, can't, I find it difficult to believe that you weren't committed and, and dedicated to the idea of being a league footballer because just no-one enjoys their time on a footy field more than you do. I, I, when I played local footy, I loved it. Um, I think I was, I was even a little bit more wilder playing local football, or not a little bit, I was probably a lot more wilder playing local football. You mean um, on field or in your, in your life generally? Both, mm. both. And then... Like I said, when, when you get to under-18s, I think the mindset of, of an 18-year-old kid, um, especially back then, is if you didn't make it at 18 years of age, then there was almost no chance of, of playing football. I remember them playing in a, in a grand final in 2005 at North Heidelberg, and we were playing against Heidelberg, who hadn't lost, and, and they, were, they were the team to beat. Um, Adrian Dodoro was watching... Uh, two yep, young boys, Essendon, Essendon yeah, yep, yep. um, watching two young boys, and I played a really good game. At the end of the end of the game, we won. I ended up getting best on ground, and I sat there with my brother, my stepdad, my brother-in-law, and my uncle. 
and they were playing football with me at the time in that game and and I was sick of hearing the stories back in my day or I could have done this or if I had had the chance or people who regret so many yep. different things. I didn't want to be that person. I wanted to be the one that said I wasn't good enough, that I give it everything I got and I wasn't good enough. So I was lucky enough to play play the season at Coburg. Did you win the best and fairest there? I did. I won yeah. the best and fairest there. And, and I remember getting a call. I was roof tiling at the time with my brother um, because I'd taken a, a couple of weeks off of the plumbing to focus on football. I was with my brother on the job side and um, Greg, uh, Greg Miller gave me a call and said, we've just picked you up in the pre-season draft. So mm. I, was, uh, I was pretty pretty taken back by it all. Take us all the way back to the start. I'm intrigued by your background. You grew up in the northern suburbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, were you a tough kid? What was, what was the family circumstance at the time? Um, normal family, Mike and I. I've got two brothers and a sister. Grew up, went to school uh, in the northern suburbs. Uh, went to three different high schools. Uh, your think, choice? Well, there was, I think, a couple where wasn't so much my choice. Mutual interest? Yeah, it was... Um, I never got expelled. OK, um, yeah. But probably asked to leave on a different sort of way. And ended up with the year 10, uh, year 10 pass. Started off roof tiling and then got into plumbing when I was 16 or just before I was 16. And if you're not going to go to university, then you become a tradie, so to pick a trade. And for me, I don't like sitting behind a desk mm. and... I wasn't the best uh, reader or writer. I, to be honest, I, I've actually never read a book in my life to really? this day. Never. You read the papers? No. No? No. Is, so, is that because... Is there a, a technical reason for that or are you just not interested in reading? Just not interested in reading. Hmm. So life skills and everything that I've been able to do, uh, I can read basic things. I, I can read what I need to read. Mm. I can pick up the phone and read a text, but... To be honest, it just doesn't interest me. Mm. So I, uh, I like doing things, not sitting there reading the paper or reading a book. Each time I talk to someone about you, they have the same things about your warmth and about your leadership. I mean, you were a leader at Richmond, weren't you? You were the, uh, you were the middle ground between the senior group and the young bucks. I was, yeah, I, I was. I think running plumbing business mm. um, and being in charge of that there, I, I guess that when you got to a football club, my, my people skills were actually not too bad and my streetwise was pretty good and I was able to adapt and, yeah, it just happened like that. When we come back, Jake, I want to talk to you about Dusty Dustin Martin. Let's go to the other side of uh, Jake King and a young bloke from WA called Nate. Yep. Uh, um, it's a beautiful story and everyone in football who has seen it and is aware of it just is full of admiration for what you do for this young bloke. Let's have a look at some vision. There's, there's your boy. And there's Nate. You flew over to Perth specifically to meet uh, uh, this young bloke? I did, yeah. yes. So I was... Um... I was injured at the time and what had happened was I, I got a phone call um, from someone at the club. This is him running out. Um, 
It's an amazing vision. It was only a couple it? of weeks yeah. ago, yeah. yeah. So I um I got a phone call from someone at the club saying that there was a a young boy by the name of Nate Anderson who was um, very ill and very sick and was that leukemia? Uh, so he had he had a form of cancer and, a, and a, um, I think it was a, it was a tumor and, and a disease that was in the muscles that ate away at him and and it was life threatening and, and we actually. When I got told about it, um, they said that he, he didn't have long to live. Um, and they asked if I was happy to sign a jumper mm. and give it to him. Now, Because you were his favourite player. Yeah, I was yeah. his favourite player. Yeah. Yeah. Kids kids are a big weakness of mine. I had a, I had a brother, we, we lost a little nephew um, a, a little bit before that and... And I guess ever ever since that happened, it uh, just opened my eyes on on life and how big it is, and and some things we take for granted. And and I, I guess that when when this happened, I, like I said, I was injured at the time. And when they said that his wish was to get a football jumper signed by me, I, I remember speaking to Brendan Gale and asked him if if I could actually go over there, give the jumper to him, and just take him for lunch and have a bite to eat. And then we, we were lucky enough to go over um, and what happened is I actually spoke to Brendan about taking a, a camera crew across because when, when my little nephew was, was ill and it was coming towards the end, what had happened is we forgot about those, those small moments mm. in life where we, we didn't take photos or we weren't taking any videos or anything. And, and what we tend to do is we, we seem to brush all this stuff aside until it gets to the final stages and then you want to take photos and remember it. But what you're remembering is when they're actually at their worst yes. and their sickness. So I said, let's go and do this so we can have it when Nate's fresh and, and up and about and vibrant. And this is something that the family can have for the rest of their lives. This, this had nothing to do with with the club or me trying to publicise or this no, had no. nothing to do with any of it. This was just purely about those guys there. And, and we were lucky enough to go over Virgin flew Nate back. Um, the club organised with the hotel to put him up in a hotel. Uh, we, Novak and Monique, his mum and dad, they come over as well and we were lucky enough to get him to the game. The doctor said he was allowed to fly, he was allowed to travel. We ended up winning that game. Um, and that, game was, was that was a game in Melbourne? That was a game in yeah. Melbourne at Etihad and that was the first game that we won from that 12 in a row. Mm -hmm. And it, it had just happened to be his birthday. Um, on the Sunday, the next day, and lucky enough, that footage showed of Nate running out was only a couple of weeks ago. So yeah. he had his leg amputated, but in saying that, he's actually fit and healthy. And yeah, the, the boys all get around him now. And I want to know what you, you're, what you're watching that at home, I presume. Are eh? you watching that on telly? That I was, night? yes. Yeah. Yep. How did you feel? I mean, Proudest punch. Yeah. For me, I, I was just. I was happy that he's alive, Mike, yeah. more than anything. So, yes, he's running out on the ground, but a father and a mother have yeah. their child. So That's to a me, beautiful story. To me, yeah. that's, that's what matters most. Yeah. So. so you're not so wild, are you? No, I'm not, <laughs> The on-field stuff. I mean, it's easily forgotten that you did play football. Yep. Now, you won the grand final sprint one year, didn't you? I did. I did. Um, first year. Was it 2007? Seven. Yeah. I tell people, uh, I go on to a sportsman's night, Mike, <laughs> and I get up amongst, let's say it's the Duck or um, you got Jason Dunstall or all these high-profile, um, Jonathan Brown, and we talk about premierships, uh, we talk about how they've won Coleman medals, um, how they've won best and fairest. 
I bring a grand final sprint. <laughs> I, if they didn't have a grand final sprint, the package wouldn't be complete. So that's what I contribute to. So you're happy sitting alongside Kerry Dunstall, Brownie and those guys? Well, I, la same? I laugh yeah. about it. When, when they sit me up alongside it, look, I, I idolise these guys. I look at them and say, they're, they're the guys who I, I grew up watching mm. and admiring. And these are the best players who have ever played mm. our game. Yep. So to let alone be alongside them or in the same room as them and then your name is in the same sentence as theirs, it's pretty overwhelming. What was the high point for you in your footy? Um, There's one literal high point that where you almost got altitude sickness. Do you remember a mark that you... Uh, I remember that this mark. Now, that's a mark, isn't it? I, I thought it was. I, I made <laughs> comment. Now, I shouldn't say this, Mark. I really shouldn't be. I reckon I held it longer than Gary Ablett Senior. I, I reckon I did. Well, so, if you touched it, you held it as long as Gary I, I think I did, but yeah. let's be honest, little fellas aren't meant to get up that high, so I, I may have packed them just a little bit um, when I did. And it was quite funny that when I, uh, when I come down and I landed, I remember Jack Rewalt come up and started laughing at me. What? And he goes, oh, don't do that. He goes, leave it to the superstars, mate. <laughs> I'm like, all right, sweet, no worries. <laughs> did he really? He did. A couple before we go. Yep. Um... Benny Cousins, one of the biggest names in the modern era, arrives at Richmond uh, while you're playing. Yep. Tell us your memories of Ben and, and how close you got to him. Ben, I think that we are... Uh, I, I don't know how it started. I think he's just a, an upbeat character. He was just a, a real boy's boy, got along with everyone, and, and him and I just gelled really well, clicked... Um, become very close friends, even through the tough times of what was going on. Uh, it, it was new to me. And, um, yeah, I, I become very, very close with him to the point where I speak to Ben every every couple of weeks, even today. I, I went and saw him a few weeks ago. You flew to Perth? I flew to Perth mm -hmm. just to make sure he's going all right. <laughs> and um, how was he going? How, how was he at that point? Uh, I guess he, he's still doing it um, a little bit tough. Um, I caught up with Brian. and Brian's father. Yeah, and yeah. we sat down, we had a good chat and I guess what happens in a football world, Mike, and this is what people don't see and don't understand, that when the footballers leave this football environment, they have, they whilst they're there, they have so much help, so much yeah. guidance, everyone reaching out, but it's when you leave you find out who is really close to, who your friends are and, and who's there that really means their help and support. And I, I guess that it's been a tough road for Ben and it's a situation where it doesn't go away tomorrow and it's going to be a tough road for him. So all we can do is we can be there for him and make sure that if he needs some guidance and needs some help, that, that you're a physical presence and you're in front. It's not just a phone call. It's actually physically making sure that they're OK. It's making sure that, that Brian and, and Steph are going OK, that his kids are going OK. Mm. It's... It's not just, yeah, he played at the club, we look after him there. My mindset is when they're a mate, like I said, I treat them like family and I, I will do everything I can and so will everyone else who's close to Ben make sure he's OK. So do you counsel him or, or is it superficial chat like, how are you, Benny, hope you're going OK? Or, or do you, oh, do you have DMs with him about... Definitely, the, definitely. Yeah. We, we chat about a lot of things. He, he still rings me, he... We'll talk about the boys playing football. We'll talk about the kids. We'll talk about his mum. We'll talk about talk as about mates do. No, well, it's it's something that that side of it is not 
for no offence you to know. It's not for anyone mm, okay. to know. That's a personal thing for for me and Ben. It's no one else's business. It's like if if you had a fault and I announced it to the world, I don't think you'd be happy oh, about okay that. With that. Yeah. yeah. So for me, it's it's being a mate, not a counsellor. Okay. One of your um, one of Richmond's current players, and and if, if he's not a star already, he's going to be. Is Dustin Martin. Now, I see some similarities in Dustin's life and, and upbringing to you. You may not agree with that, but I do, right? Mm -hmm. This bloke could be earning a million bucks in two or three years' time. Is he on the right path? Do you ever see the need to actually talk to Dusty and maybe sort of straighten him up or not? Or are you happy to let him leave him to his own devices? Uh, have you ever spoken with Dustin? Uh, superficially. I've had an, one interview with him, yeah. He, he's one of the nicest kids you'll ever come across. Dustin's got one of the biggest hearts that you'll actually find in a footballer. I hate the word perception because what it, people are perceived to be is, mm. in my eyes, a load of crap. This kid, he works his ass off more than you can possibly imagine and he has nothing but great intentions. And, and he's going to be a superstar of the game and he's got great people around him, he's got great support around him and I think it's the same thing. Dustin doesn't talk about what he does and because he doesn't talk about it, Mike, people want to talk about it for him. So if buts and maybes, we can all assume. But the guy that I know, he's going to have a great future, a great career. I look at him and I, I look at Trent Cochin and the way that they both care, it's because one has tattoos and one doesn't. So, really, you reckon that's the only difference between them? Yep. So he's a kid who wants to play football, and we should let him play football. Okay. Your career came to an abrupt halt. Someone mm -hmm. with size 15 shoes jumped on your big toe. Yep. You've had, I think, a dozen surgeries since then, and the toe's now fused. Yep. We couldn't fix it. Um, we couldn't. We, we tried. We tried so many procedures. We tried so many things. Um, it was at the point where there was. There was literally one hope left of fusing it. Um, otherwise, there was risk of damaging it and losing my big toe altogether. Wow. So has it stopped me from playing football? Yep. Did it cut my career short? Yes. But it is what it is and there's not but, much I can do about it. Well, but you, have you not taken legal action? Aren't you, are you suing the AFL's insurers for the injury? No. Well, uh, it's all dealt with. Everything's... It's all done? All, you, did all you get money? Action. Uh, that's not for you to know or me to say. It's no one's business. It's <laughs> the once fourth again. time you've told me yeah. that. So, we are the AFL and I come together and we both have an understanding and both parties were happy on the outcome. So, that's it. Okay. You are known universally as the push up king. Mm -hmm. Now, I think Jimmy Brayshaw gets the credit for that uh, based on the fact that you did three push ups at one point. Yep. Is that all true? It, it there's, is, there's the action. It, it is actually true. So I think JB actually extended another uh, five years on my playing career, to be <laughs> honest. So the commentary that they were running with and, and the support that they give, I, I can't thank them enough. And I let JB know that all the time. But I did. We went on a training camp. I, we had, long story short, had a competition at the end where we had to do push-ups and my group was the last group to go. I was the last person to go. It was a fairy, fairy tale ending. There was... A lot of big egos around mm. and a lot of testosterone and blokes being blokes <laughs> and I guess just in the situation that happened I was able to 
Yeah, get out 303 push-ups. 303. 303. And, and I've seen the video. They're all legit, aren't they? You yeah, they go, actually are. Yeah. It's on camera. So yeah, yeah. I can't I can't extend the story and say it got to 400. <laughs> I, can't, I can't actually do it. The proof's in the pudding. There is footage of it. And it got to 303 and, yeah. And here we are, and you're the push-up. Here we are today. It's been an enthralling journey for you. Uh, and I've, I've really uh, been fascinated by, from start to finish, about what you've done. Uh, any bloke who plays 100 games of football is a bona fide league footballer. There's been lots of stuff on and off the field along the way. I know you're happy with it and I think a lot of people are and think you've been a great asset to the Richmond Footy Club. Well yeah, done. Thank you very much, Mike. Appreciate it. This has been a Fox Footy production. Part of the Fox Sports Network.